yesterday morning They let me know you were gone Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song I just can't remember who to send it to I've seen fire and I've seen rain Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my right, APAT himself, Alex. How you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. To my left, GW himself, Garrett. How you doing? Doing good. Wednesday Comics podcast. My name is Marvin. Here to the comics coming out this week. Talk about a couple comic books. Uh, catch it up on one saga, uh, which is very appropriate because I wasn't aware that they were going on a break again. But now we we're caught up to the break, and uh, um, we'll talk more about that later. And also, uh, talk about the next issue in our book club book, club book uh, that is Gates of Gotham um, by Kevin, Kevin, Kyle Higgins and Scott Snyder <laughs> and Trevor McCarthy. Um, how you guys been doing? Doing good. Living yeah. the life, you know? Cool. Yeah, we just, uh, we just united for uh, one of the uh, biggest combo crossover of the 605s weddings, Uh Friends Ken and John just got married, so congratulations to them from a comic book look. Um, so yeah, I got to see these two bozos in person. Hell yeah! Right next to them. Um, you know, a little trivia—not trivia, but uh, crazy enough, uh, Mister Old Man Tech here, Alex, ran the sound for that wedding. So, Chris, of course, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. Well, luckily, I had you guys next to me, though. So. <laughs> there was only a couple delays, but he did great. I, I, <laughs> it, you know, it, it went fine. It was good. You know, I as, mean, as much shit as I gave you that night, even though we were next to you, we didn't ever tell you what to do. You knew what to do. You yeah, know, we were just, give, we I was were just giving, giving you shit, shit for missing yeah. your cues. <laughs> Which, really, like, so when, yeah. Which if the cue, I knew when to do it. I just, it I just couldn't the, get in. Yeah, fast you couldn't enough get in fast enough, and then the camera popped up, and you know, shit happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just, idiot, but no even if you would hit every cue on the spot, every every uh, music hit when it was supposed to, I still would have found some way to shit on you, uh, making being in charge of that tablet. But uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Marvin and I collectively, I said a half hour before the wedding, like, hey, I'm going to be on my way soon. And um, Alex is like, I got to be there at three. And me and Marvin are kind of like, why you got to be there at three? Because I'm running the music. And I, I could pretty sure I could hear me and Marvin's like brains connecting into the ether being like, you? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Star-Lord. Who? <laughs> you know, it was just kind of like that. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> and you did an amazing job, buddy. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. No, it was good. Honestly, like seeing you guys this weekend, I was like, "Oh man, just think, six weeks from now, SuperCon, kicking ass, spending thirty-two hours with you guys." Six Ooh. weeks? Okay, I can see it. Yeah, SuperCon.com. More information there uh, for SuperCon twenty twenty-three, uh, twenty twenty-two. Excuse me. Uh, September thirty through October second, Retromania uh, will be that. And actually, it's very ironic uh, or coincidental, we'll say, that you. Um, Brought that up, Alex, because actually I'm on the website right now because I, speaking of John, he's in charge of the panels for Supercon. I was like, oh, we should probably talk to him about doing a panel. 
And uh, I just went to the page and it says that the panel forum will be open in summer of 2022. So I don't know when that means. I should probably just talk to him directly and see why it's not open yet. Um, there's not a schedule yet, so that's good. So there's no kind of panels planned. but uh, And then we'll figure out what we're doing. Uh, we might yeah. have to do a collab kind of thing that night. I know some people are itching at that, I heard. And uh, maybe we'll make it a, a big 605 event. Who knows? Um, but before we get there, we're talking about today, October 9th, 2022. I have... That's, uh, that's August 9th. August, uh, not you know, October. You know, eight always. When I see eight, I think October. I don't know why. Because it's October, eight October. <laughs> Octagon. Yeah, I, I see. Like, it. why I is it not? It. Why is it number ten when it's eight? Mm. You know what I mean? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, write into Bill Nye at BillNye.com and ask him why. I don't even know if there's an email address, <laughs> but you can certainly try. I don't um, think he had anything to do with it. <laughs> I do have a couple of questions that only one person can answer. So let's go ahead and. Uh... guest host one how may i help you this evening there he is the entertainment king of the world and the entertainment capital of the world uh here is hashtag guest host one Corey. this i literally was hitting the emergency button was like i gotta call him i gotta get the heads up on this and i need to ask okay. you a question what well, is ha- what is happening over at warner brothers <laughs> um they're cleaning up shop you know and i'm actually excited about it because dc right now is bullshit and they need a major overhaul i'm surprised this didn't happen sooner word is is that the guy came in and said why are you making a wonder twins movie can that that's out of the bag yeah what the fuck Um, the bat, the Batgirl movie they made for HBO Max. He, I guess, they saw it and they said this looks cheap, and we don't want to cheapen our image, so they canned it, even though it's ninety percent done in pre-production. I mean, post-production. Excuse me. They were like, "Get this out of there." Um, I'm so sad about that. Not because did you okay. see the Did you see the dialogue? I What's didn't see the, the dialogue. No, there was like that little snippet of dialogue for the movie where there's some dude talking to her, and he goes. What's with the bat and time quit? Why do you say that? It's like, ooh. I mean, just you guys got to find that paragraph excerpt. I was like, that's rough. You know, I'm more dis. My biggest disappointment from that Batgirl movie is I wanted to see Brendan Fraser as the bad guy. I wanted to see Michael Keaton again. Well, I know we might uh, we might be zero and two in that category because uh, you know you think the Flash might get canned. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many more crimes as Miller. You gotta tell Ezra to fucking slow down, bro. I know he's the Flash, but he's not the Flash of committing crimes out there. Yeah, I know like, now he's like a mafia lord and he's doing all. I just so, I just I, I I pinned the story to read later, um, and it said, "Did Ezra Miller create a cult?" So, I mean, I don't know what this guy's up to over there. He's trying to take on the KKK, you know? Listen, um, he might actually he be... Kick, 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 he, soon, we so. might have thought he was actually yeah. the Flash, but he's actually the reverse Flash, I think. 
Oh, we okay. fucked up all along. But that, so one of her twins, Batgirl, was canned. I feel like, wasn't Blue Beetle canned? They haven't confirmed that. Everyone's hoping if no. Huh? If what's canned? Blue Beetle with Jamie Ryan's oh. from Karate Kid. Oh, I really hope not. That's the one project I'm excited about. I thought that he was great casting for that. Yeah. I saw I saw Peacemaker and Harley Quinn are safe. Oh, here we go. I got a list. Um, Batgirl. Batman trilogy as well. Green Lantern, they did confirm they're still making it for HBO Max. So that's safe. Um, it looks like they were thinking about doing a Strange Adventure show in HBO Max. Looks like that guy can't. Oh, did you hear who was going to be in one of the episodes there, Marv? What's that? Nick, Nick Cage was going to play uh, Bizarro Superman in one of them. Oh, but I heard that got canceled, yeah. It did. It, he just said it got canceled. Yeah, Strange Avengers got canceled. Wonder Twins got canceled. Likely to be canceled before long, so people are speculating. Doom Patrol. Even though that gets a lot of praise. This guy's, this guy's coming out saying it needs to be quality. Now, whether that's Doom Patrol, I loved that first season. Holy smokes, I just didn't keep with it, but I still hear it's just as good. I just didn't keep up tabs with it. Isn't Brendan Fraser in that one? Yeah, as Robot Man. The, yeah. So, um, basically, all the the Arrowverse is done with. No Flash. It, it's ending. I think that was planned to end, anyways. But then anything else related to it, that's done. So. Oh, thank God. Terrible. But well, yeah, they ended that. Uh, they confirmed that this year in Superman and Lois that the Arrowverse is no more, and then. Well, with the Flash going, yeah. All that's going to be left for uh, CW superheroes will be Superman and Lois, because they were going to do that Diggle training in Superhero Show, but I don't think they are anymore either. But that gets scanned. Just, oh my gosh, the crying, supporting characters every episode. My boyfriend husband got kidnapped. He's stuck in some kind of thing. We must <laughs> save him. How? With the power of love. <laughs> it's because I love him. So the uh, Strange Adventures <laughs> news is pretty new. I didn't hear about that until I read this list. It looks like Kevin Smith was involved. I didn't know that. Um, mm-hmm. But now he can focus on his Clark story. But... Um, uh, and then they, uh, they obviously canceled some other things. Warner Brothers, they're cleaning house. So there's so many things. And do you see that also? Like, I don't know how this works into it, and we'll see whether or not they do anything with this DC related. But um, they are. Oh, two things. First off, I know this guy is mad about how much money they wasted on this, uh, the Snyder Cut, um, he said. Alrighty. So uh, uh, that might be a good sign. And then also, like, they are pulling things out of, off of HBO Max that, like, aren't performing well. Like, they're on there, but nobody's watching them. So they have been taking content off, which is strange to me that you would do that because, like, is it really costing you a lot of money just to keep content on there in case somebody wants right. to watch it? And, right. And so, like, that makes me speculate, like, how much you're going to gut this thing just because it's, like, you want to be the pinnacle of quality, but also who is the metric of what is quality? You know what I mean? So... We'll see whether or not uh, the um, person who was put in charge of, of uh, the DC films, uh, Mr. Hannah, uh, what was his name, Hannah? Oh, I bet yeah. he gets fired. Because, like, is, is it Zaslav is the Discovery president? Like, he it announced he announced that he wants to do a ten year plan with DC to get him caught up to like what like have a plan. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like they've never done. So, uh, and then obviously rumor mill that Walter uh, Hanna. they're going to recast everybody. I feel like, yeah, he's, he's done with and though. He'll want to, this guy seems like he is, uh, the new head of Warner Brothers Discovery feels like he has no qualms to be like, we're changing shit. We're taking a hard left on this. Like, we're Which not going to ease into anything. It's just like, what were they really doing besides Shazam and one? I mean, Wonder Woman was good, but otherwise, it's like the other stuff was good attempts, but nothing really solid. Listen, Black Adam is a hero that kills people. All right. <laughs> that trailer was one of the most mid trailers <laughs> I've ever seen. If he's supposed to be a guy's like, Oh, that's the thing. I don't care about killing people. Proceeds not to kill people in the trailer at all. It's like, you know, we've had those talks about his image and like, can you be like a anti-hero that kills people? And I don't think they're going to do that in that movie. He doesn't seem like he's that powerful in that movie. I mean, that missile hits him and he kind of gets taken aback by it. Right. Where he's supposed to be almost as strong as Superman. Trailer ends with his hand on the window. Where did I see that before, Thor? Mm, Hulk. Yeah. It's an Incredible Hulk, too. When he's turning to the Hulk, he puts it in the window. Yeah. It's like, ugh, that's not a good sign. I don't know. But I've never I'm been a fan of Black Shazam Adam. I'm too, so that's the only thing. I hope they don't, like, Shazam, I really like. Cable so guy, he puts his that. nipple on the glass. I mean, everything works together. So everything mm-hmm. is kind of almost the same. I, I, You know what, Corey? Going into this, when the news comes out, it's very easy to be defensive about being like, hey, why are they canceling all these things? But yeah, you're right. When you look at it on paper, like, why was that even a... Th- like, why were you even trying to make a Wonder Twins movie? Who's going... Who's, yeah. who's looking for you the know Wonder what people Twins? people have wanted? People have wanted Man of Steel 2. Like, if anything. Like, if you're going in the certain route you are, like, why they're so, like, against... The Henry Cavill Superman, and isn't that the biggest sign that he doesn't know what he's doing? Uh, they're doing now at DC is like, how do you fuck up hiring Han- Henry Cavill as Superman and never right. make a sequel? Right, right, right. You're you're tormenting uh, at least one Superman fan that's just been like, where's my fucking sequel? You know why? Because right. Scott Snyder always wanted to work with Batman. He doesn't give a shit about Superman. And the opportunity came to mix the two together, and they and he just got lost in that world. Like, uh-huh. and I feel like he never really, and the, that's the reason why he changed so much stuff with the original uh, mythos of Superman, or even like characteristics, uh, especially Pockend uh, and Man of Steel. I think because he never really wanted to do that character. It's kind of almost like um, uh, Frank Dude, Miller, and that's what I thought. Like, no shade. Like, love Kevin Costner, but like that movie, like. Like when he spoilers for Man of Steel when they're hiding under the bridge and he said he could and Clark could easily save me. He's like, no, he sticks the hand up. Don't He's like, save me. Fuck that. Fuck that. And then earlier they, right? could, they could see you in super speed that you saved me. <laughs> He's like, my life sucks. I'm ready to go. And earlier when they're in front of the house, he's like. These people don't deserve you. Maybe they deserve to die. And you're like, holy shit, Pa. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Hot he's take. like, I shouldn't have saved them. And he's like, 
maybe you shouldn't have. It's like, what the fucking school bus full of kids? You wanted them to drown? Yeah, what a hot <laughs> take pod can do. I mean, maybe if it was something else, but Jesus. the kids. That's where he draws the line. He's like, these fucking kids deserved to go on the bottom of the lake. Hey, you might become famous, and you might bring the government to this farm. And I got some corn shucks, so don't do that. <laughs> but when it comes to tornadoes, I'm ready to fucking go. <laughs> don't risk your life out there, but certainly let me just give up mine. Yeah. yeah. But I'm with Corey. I think it's exciting. Like, this has been the uh, wake up call that DC has needed for a long time. Like, you know, I was watching the ending of the Batman earlier. I'm just like, we should be getting quality films like this all over the place always it shouldn't be it should be like marvel like there's enough creative talent out there that could make dc properties excellent and there's just no one working on them i think also like i i I feel bad because i just know how much work is put into those movies that they were almost done with it and all the people were like just released it then but i would imagine like he's not the one who okayed it he's not the one like, he wasn't here when he could have said, hey, let's stop this and not waste money on this. And yeah. so if they look like they can recoup their costs by writing it off. Yeah, it's not, isn't it a tax write-off? It's not. At the end of the day, it's, it is it is very cold for everybody who worked on that movie. But as a business decision, it makes sense to me. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a hard decision. Paid, though? What's that? Mm. get paid for all that work that they've done, or they just spend? Well, they initially get paid for the work that they did, but if anybody had any kind of deal where they were getting something on the back end, they obviously aren't going to get anything. Like, if they're going to make money on how much money it made, they're not going to get anything because by writing it off, they can never show it. They can never put it on a streaming right. platform. They can never put it in theaters. Like, that thing's going to be locked on a vault, and then one day show it up. kind of like with the Nick Cage Superman movie? Similar vibe there? Yeah. That and then uh, Corman's uh, Fantastic Four movie, which that's what happened with that movie. And that's why, like, in the early days of the cons, the people would trade VHS tapes of that movie because, like, they weren't legally able to put that out anywhere. And so people kind of, like, pass it around. It's like this, oh, this is a secret tape. And then eventually now you can watch it on YouTube, which I'm not sure if one day you'll be able to do that with this, but maybe. Who knows? Mm Hmm. Mm. But yeah, if they refresh it, start, like, give it some more epicness and, like, take their time with it. And I'm so, like, we're going to show Origins. And I hope that guy's like, yeah, you're getting a fucking Origin. I don't care. Because you need a good Origin. You can't jump them in halfway through and be like, I'm going to have nightmare dream flashbacks that you see in movie number three to get what my origin is. I saw they're going to do a press conference on Thursday where they'll um, announce like their big updates and potentially the name change of HBO Max. So might be called something else. Hmm. HBO or Discover HBO. HBO Discover. Easy. HBO HBO Discovery. It's a simple name. Instead of HBO Max, HBO Infinity. There we go. It's the next step Ooh, beyond. Damn. I, they won't call it that because they don't want to just label HBO. They want people to know there's more than HBO. Right. Mm. They want people to know also you can watch HDTV. 
on there. So. We're just probably going to get a lot more Morgan Freeman narrating things. You know, we're going to get all the narrators for these movies because they're also going to be narrating the animal documentaries that we're going to see. True. Well, uh, Corey, thank you for updating us on the DC Warner Bros. situation. I was worried for a second. You definitely calmed my nerves, and uh, um, I thank you for it. And we uh, thank you for keeping your ear to the ground over there at the Entertainment Central of the United States and the world. You know, it can, it can only get better from here, okay? So, I mean, there's been some good one. Like I said, on the whole, like Shazam, the first Wonder Woman. Let's not even talk 84, you know, where just we're not going to go there because, you know, we don't need to waste that energy. I like Snyder Cut, but yeah, I just think that it can only go better from here. So am I signing off now? And you hope that they announce the step to that as obviously uh, a Superman with Henry Cavill. Oh god! Yeah, bring him back. Re like re shine the spotlight. It's not too late. Henry Cavill, he deserves it. It's not too late. They so. haven't. They didn't even recast him as Shazam. He he technically didn't show his face in that. So he's so <laughs> young. You guys would be stupid not to keep him. How old do you think DC, he is? Well, I don't know they DC are. will prove you wrong. They are that stupid. They will get rid of him. How old at, do you think at, Henry Cavill is? Forty. Alex, what do you think? I mean, he's in his 30s. Upper 30s. I think he's upper 30s, like 38, 39. Here, I'm looking we're, right now. You tried to get no, rid of No, we're trying to do who gets closest. He said 40. You said what, Alex? I'm going to say 38. And Garrett? I'm going to go right down the middle. 39. He's 39. Yeah, he baby! Ayo! Yeah, but Garrett probably has multiple shrines to Henry Cavill in his room somewhere. So <laughs> yeah, I've just been waiting. Matter. I've just been waiting for him to see the sun. You know, man, when The Witcher came out, he was so excited for him to play. Yeah. He just Gerald, he just gatekeeps so. that wiki page and be like, eh, we'll see, we'll see." <laughs> dot 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 dot. All right, sir, Liz, so. uh, get your sign off here, and I will speak to you later. All right. Is it? Wait, so hold on, real quick. Yeah. Is there anything starting? No, that's next week. Next week, She-Hulk. Okay. Anyway. All right. This is Hashtag Guest Host 1 signing off. Stay classy, San Francisco. Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay. Comics coming out for 8, 9, and 8, 10. Here we go. Love Everlasting, number one. Tom King and Elsa Cherrier. Uh, Tom King and Elsa Cherrier comes a new ongoing series set in a world frightfully fantastical. As any found beyond the stars romance comics, Joan Peterson discovers that she's trapped in an endless cycle, a problem to be solved, the man to be married. And every time she falls in love, she disappears into another cherry saga. Her bloody journey to freedom starts in this breathtaking, breathtaking, groundbreaking first issue. Um, Matt Hollingsworth also on color. So, like, I'm obviously a super fan of uh, Tom King, so I can't deny this. And then if he is really going to do, like, uh, romance comics, I want to see uh, what exactly uh, comes out of this and what his twist is. Even the even the, even the first cover here is not 100% just a romance comic. The, the building's blowing up. So we'll see what happens with Love Everlasting over at DC. Uh, it's his first ongoing since, uh, since Batman. No, that's true. It's so. not a... Um, it's on image, so it's nice. Yeah. There we go. So when, I, when we were putting together a list, I thought this is the only book I actually have that I could talk about. Uh, I am super excited for this one. 
it's about time I think Tom King finally steps out of the uh, DC realm and starts doing his own stuff. Uh, I don't think I've seen him write his own kind of stories in Sheriff of Babylon. So I'm really excited to get into this book. Word. Uh, Deceased War of the Undead Gods, number one, Tom Taylor, Trevor Hersine. What began as a battle for Earth has become a war for the galaxy as the epic final chapter in the massive deceased franchises here. The emergence of a reborn undead dark side in deceased dead planet sets the stage for the most devastating conflict yet for Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. As the anti-life equation spreads into the cosmos, the survivor of Earth prepares for the coming apocalypse and realizes their only hope could lie in the most powerful surviving hero for the first deceased series. Uh, what do you think here, Garrett? Um, I've loved the first several volumes of deceased and, uh, you know, Tom Taylor is going to bring it home in this, uh, pretty sad that it's ending, but it looks like it's going to end on an epic scale, um, with dark side, you know, being the, uh, bringer of the undead. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Tom Taylor's killing it with Superman and Nightwing, and I just love when he does his uh, alternate storyline or alternate universe works because he just gets to play in the sandbox and he can do whatever he wants. And most, more than likely, he's killing characters that you've loved for years. So it's uh, it's kind of fun reading a DC comic story where there's literally zero uh, zero safeties. They can get rid of whoever they want. Brought to you by Remo, comicsandcards.com. As always, Remo, comicsandcards.com. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Lincoln, Nebraska. Go to Remo, comicsandcards.com for more information. Uh, Garrett, we have a book club. Wednesday Comics, League of Extraordinary Gentle People, proudly present. Uh, oh, yeah. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. It's Wednesday Comics, League of Extraordinary Dental People's Book Club. (laughs) Gates of Gotham, uh, issue three. Scott Snyder, Trevor McCarthy, Ryan Parrott, Kyle Higgins. We still have not Um, met Ryan Parrott on this. I don't know when he comes in. He must be like the last issue or something. Well, that was four. Yeah, who knows? Um, uh, Basically, we get... uh, uh, a little deeper dive into the uh, origin of the Gates brothers. I mean, we had really big reveal last week, but uh, this week even more so. And with the uh, yeah tragic demise of Bradley Gates. Uh, can, can I uh, um, retract something I said last week? Um, sure. So you mentioned last week that you zoomed into the uh, Curse of Text and it was fine to read it, even though on Hoopla it was kind of like pixelated. And I told you mm-hmm. on the on the DC one, it looks the it looks HD. It doesn't look any bad. So I did panel by panel for the for those sequences, and I you can read perfectly what it says. It's just when it's all far out, I can't I understand what it's saying. So uh, I actually uh, didn't mind uh, the cursor this time, and I actually finally figured it out because I can actually read what it's saying. Um, that it is a diary, or somebody writing something. So it makes sense. So. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, because last uh, week I lambar- uh, lambasted it hard, or maybe it was the first issue that I did that, but um, no, it was last week. Um, you know what I get? Uh, so, like, Kyle is doing the scripting, 
and Scott and, and Kyle did the story uh, when you look at the credits for this thing. And so I almost have a feeling that here's the thing. I'm trying to remember this. I brought up and I have here. Did I close it? Shit, I did close it. I was looking at the Wikipedia article for Gates of Gotham. Um, and it said that it's a five issue miniseries, right? And that it came out in 2011 and it came out after the return of Bruce Wayne. But then I'm thinking to myself, so why is Dick still Batman? I can't remember like that, that Grant Morrison book, return of Bruce Wayne. Do you remember Garrett? Did he actually come mm-hmm. back in that book or was it just saying where he's been? No, he He's comes back. back. He fights his way back through time mm-hmm. to come back. So during that, is he, uh, Dick is Batman. And he, when he comes back, he does international shit for a while, and Dick is still Batman? Is that my correct? Yep. Okay, so that's yep. where we're at right now. Bruce is around. He's just not there in Gotham. Right. Well, that's why Dick says Bruce isn't helping. And then when there was a Bruce Wayne-related thing, was it the, oh, the suit? When the suit can see infrared um, or thermal, he goes, well, I guess Bruce is helping this time around. So yeah. I was wondering when this took place, but I thought I knew that it had to be. I thought it was before, or at least during the uh, Bruce Wayne displacement. But sounds like it's um, around the time of Batman Incorporated. So it makes a lot more sense. I, didn't, I forgot that line, Alex. I, I remember the Bruce is being helpful, but I also must have missed the part where they said Bruce is not helping with this. Something I really like about this and something I really liked about Dick Grayson as Batman is that he's obviously not 100% sure of himself uh, as a Batman. Like, he's sure of himself when he's himself as Nightwing. But as a Batman, he doesn't think he can live up to what Batman's supposed to be. And so in this issue specifically, there were a couple instances where you get hints at that. Uh, some more subtle than others, like when Penguin's just like, the, the rumors are true, you're losing a little bit of your touch. And he, you can tell that Dick doesn't respond to it. He just kind of like looks off in the distance because you know that's what he's internally feeling. And then later on, he has almost kind of an internal monologue when he's like talking about how Tim Drake has been a, a better Robin than he ever was. And he'll one day be a better Batman than he ever is. And how he's so much that he would be so lost without Tim Drake, like he wouldn't be able to do this Batman job if he wasn't his Robin Hood in this time. And it makes it like, I think that's a big thing about Dick Grayson and why he kind of had to become Nightwing and move on because he realized that like, he doesn't want to be that Batman. Like he wants to be Nightwing. He wants to do things a certain way, but he also doesn't have the confidence to kind of be Bruce. And he doesn't want to be Bruce. Like Damien, Damien wants to be Bruce Wayne. Like, he clearly is jealous of everybody else that Bruce Wayne is putting in front of him to teach them how to be Batman instead of him. And he clearly wants to take over the mantle one day. And uh, where Tim seems like the more appropriate choice and he is going to earn that, Damien is looking to take that, whether by force or by uh, just by succession. And... I, I I like that dynamic because you get it makes the Robins feel very different because they all have different end goals, but also I I like it because it's with brothers as they kind of are you know obviously not blood related brothers but brothers from another co- from uh from being a brotherhood of Robins that that's how brothers are like and you, and you can attest to this Garrett like 
it always is a competition, even if you all had different end goals. When you're in the moment, uh, it it's a competition, and you're gonna and you might have different reasons for like the older brother inherits being Batman. He might not want it because he wants to do his own thing, but he obviously was the one to step up and do it because he is the oldest. And then the youngest mm-hmm. is jealous because they were they're being ignored, and they want to be the people, the one that gets the responsibility, but they're obviously not ready for it. So, um, I like that, and I think that's the, always the greatest thing about when you do Batman books without Bruce Wayne is this family dynamic, and I think Scott and Kyle both know how to do it well. And I think that's the strongest part so far, because we're doing a lot of history stuff and a lot about families and then on the other side when we talk about the gates of gotham it is also about brothers and about two brothers the gates who were helping out these rich families basically make landmarks in their honor and how they really didn't care about any kind of safety or anything with the gates and it caused the death of one of them and it's probably what's leading to now this revenge years later um from Brothers from another uh, another side of things where they very much did things together. They were a team, and the loss of one of them almost sends the other one over the edge. And who knows what repercussions are going to come out of it? Uh, and so, like this whole thing, even though technically, like there are other aspects, there's bombs blowing up and, and buildings going down, and 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 all this kind of action. Really, it's kind of two viewpoints of the dynamic uh, uh, relationship of brothers. And I think when you look at it with that lens, so far, at least three issues, we're halfway done with this. Um, it's a very excellent book, and I think a very well done, uh, subtle kind of uh, examination of what it means to be brothers. So, Boom. I mean, took the words out of my head, and yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, I, I do love that Scott Snyder and Kyle Higgins were kind of the shepherds of this Batman family storyline through um, Final Crisis to the end of Volume 1 of the DC Universe, you know, before New 52 comes out. And this story just fit perfectly in there. You know, it touches on legacy. It touches on being brothers. Um But yeah, I think that the uh, how the Robins interact with one another and, you know, Dick like you said, doesn't want to be Batman, but he's filling that void. And so he knows that he has to be the one to do it um, because he doesn't think his brothers should be the ones to, to do it. So I, I don't know. I think that there's a, there's a lot of weight to that. Um, And yeah, so I think it it will be a relief obviously down the line when Bruce comes back and takes his mantle uh, for Dick. But uh, I think he's an excellent Batman. So I, I wish, uh, kind of get back to more of those storylines but no i'm loving the history i'm i you know what's fun about going back to these stories is i can't freaking remember who plays uh you know the guy in the outfit so who who is it i'm like trying to remember of like how because obviously it's not one of the actual gates because that story takes place so long ago Mm -hmm. and so you're kind of trying to figure out like how they're kind of connected and and what really they're playing up the mystery of who that person is and why they're doing this and you're right because this book once again like i read it when it was coming out and obviously you did too 2011 and it's like that's 11 years ago i don't remember what happened in this book so like it is a nice Mm -hmm. 
look back. I will say in this issue specifically, I think Trevor McCarthy's art is better than the first two issues. Like Agreed. I, I didn't find any point in this issue where I was just I got distracted by the coloring. I actually felt like it was more muted than in prior issues, maybe because there's more night scenes um in this issue, but I didn't have an issue. I didn't it, it wasn't so uh it didn't stand out so much that it made me distract me from the book this time. I didn't even notice any kind of discrepancy. So um not discrepancy, but I didn't even notice like any kind of issue with it. Um otherwise I feel like I would have taken him out of the comic like the, it has in the past. But I think um it was fine in this one. And once again, when uh uh Penguin's looking at his uh estate all burned down and he's talking about how like the uh Cobble pots have been going in and out of there for years. Uh, I like the way he looks. Little uh, Eggman with a huge beak. I, it's something about it makes me laugh. I feel like the Penguin, you either make him a total character, like comedic character, looking character like this, or you make him like a ruthless gangster, um, like in the Batman movie. I don't know. He was pretty creepy, though, when like he says that line about his family, but then... He's so happy because he's like, that means you're slipping, Batman. And I was like, that's terrifying. The rumors I never see true. I never see the penguin as a scary guy. And even this one, he's he's I don't know if I'd say he's comedic looking. His beak is huge. You could see the bats up his nose. I made that joke last week, but dude, those nostrils are huge. Um question for you, Alex. How old were yeah. you when you first saw Batman Returns, the Tim Burton movie? That was what ninety two, yeah, around then. I oh, think thirteen. I think it was six. <laughs> did you see it right away, or did you see when it came out in video, or what? I remember seeing it from uh, the movie rental place that we had. All right, so let's say it was ninety three, ninety four. So you would have been about eight. That didn't terrify the shit out of you, Dan DeVito as as Penguin. Honestly, he's still scary. I mean, I still like one of the scariest things is when he bites that dude in the nose. Yes, and when he eats the raw fish, I used to get scared of those two scenes. Uh, and even when even when the the penguins drag his dead carcass into the water, uh, that's scary. I mean, like, the, that's he is a scary guy. You're right. That penguin is scary. But the penguin I'm always thinking of is from the animated series, where he's more of the annoying bad guy that shows up. Yeah, he is in that series. Um, but I mean, like you said, the Batman. What a fantastic, well written penguin. Um. And he isn't the wah, wah, penguin. He's just kind of the I've done some horrible things penguin, which I, I maybe you're right. The two objects you gave was either he's ridiculous and he's fun or he is overly scary and ruthless. So I like either version. I, I did have a question. Why yeah. does Dick doesn't care that his mask got burned? Or is he just caught up in the moment where he doesn't? Feel, I mean, no one's paying attention to his face. Yeah, I think it's just. I think it's just like there's just enough there, kind of like when Spider-Man's mask gets all ripped up. You know, not enough for Penguin to be able to make an identity. Plus, Penguin uh, has a, a monocle on. You think he can tell? No, I mean, he can't see shit. He probably can't see past his beak, so it doesn't matter. Um, Penguins are they I, good? They have good vision. I don't think they've got super great vision. But if it's a human deformed and looks like a penguin, he probably doesn't have good eyesight. Well, he's yeah, he's kind of a freak, so he's fine. He can't see shit. Um, one other question. Does this take place then during the like Detective Comics run, or is the Detective Comics while, he's, while Bruce is still 
in time fighting his way through. Um, I think this is while no, I think Bruce is out, but it, this is taking place. Well, he was in Batman and Detective, where Bruce was in Batman Incorporated. So I think aren't you asking uh, Alex if Scott Snyder's Detective was out at the same time? Correct. I don't. I think it, this is after, if I remember okay. correctly. Okay, because I I assumed like when I read the Black Mirror Detective. It took place whilst Bruce was still in time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because um, that's one of the things. Like, I don't. And maybe it's been a long time since I've read that Dick Grayson run. Um, I don't feel like this feels like the same Dick. Because I felt like that Dick, at least he wanted to be Batman because it was the choice that was given to him that he had to be. Someone had to be the Batman. It might as well have been. Well, him. I, that's what I'm saying. Is like you almost okay. feel like. That one was out of necessity because he was gone, but now that he's back and he chose Dick to be Batman in his place while he was gone, and he's like, why choose me? Like, Tim's a better Batman, he would be a better Batman, and he has all these kind of, you know, insecurities about, like, I have no clue why he left me in charge, where before he kind of had to step up because there was nobody else, and because he felt like he was the oldest, and because he felt like... You know, this is on me now to, and he, I, I, if I remember correctly, there was a lot of conversation during the time where he was like, this is kind of on me to hold this family together now and to keep Gotham safe during this time and make sure everything works out. But when Bruce comes back and he's like, you know what, I'm going to take off and make sure the world has its Batman to, you know, kind of make a, uh, make a company of Batman so the world is safe and you stay here and keep the city safe. At that point, he's like, oh, why now, when you get the choice, did you still pick me? Am I deserving of this? And when you really think about it, it's like Bruce's choice to give it, leave Dick as Batman. He's like, you were Batman when I was gone, and you did a great job. Like, why would I now take it from you? And Dick's like, but I didn't want to do this, and I don't want to do this. And Bruce kind of almost, in a way, forces him to be Batman, uh, being like, no, you're Batman. Because if you remember back, like, Battle for the Cow, like, they really fought out to be, like, who's going to be the person to take over Batman while Bruce is gone? And now that he is backing, has a say on who would be Batman. I think that's where Dick is. His head is swimming is because he's just, like, very insecure about his place within that family. And that's initially why he takes off and becomes Nightwing is because he doesn't want to be in Bruce's shadow and, and be in that succession line. So it's kind of almost like, I don't want to do this, but you picked me to do this. You're going to leave. But why me? Like, I don't think I'm, I'm obligated of this. to keep doing what he's doing, even though if he's not happy doing so. But it's a lot of questions in Dick's head about whether or not he should be doing this. And I think when you get the kind of stare off, when Penguin says, you know, you are getting a little, uh, you are losing it a little bit. He that really does affect him. And that's why that panel I think is actually pretty great when he just stares off. There's no response to it because Bruce would have given him a response. Like Bruce wouldn't allow Penguin to have the upper hand in that situation. Um, And neither would Damien like Damien. He would have said something back to him there. And I feel like Tim also would have, you know, put some logic out there or something like that to stop Penguin. But because of the state that Dick's in, he at that point is like, is this guy right? Like people have noticed he said the rumors are true. So people are saying, I can tell this is not 
the same person. So am I worthy to be in this spot? And then later on, that's why the scene right afterwards, when they're in the lab, he's still thinking about it. And he's like, yeah, why isn't Tim Batman? Like, I wouldn't be able to do this if he wasn't here. Like, Nightwing, when you really think about it, is like really a, a man of the community. He's really invested in being part of that community. And like, he is really good at what he does. But what he does is not even close to what Batman is supposed to. He's not a detective. He's not a guy who thinks like that. And that's never been Dick's MO. Like, Dick has always been a person being like, if I'm going to find out something, I'm going to go down there and talk to people and, and get to the bottom of this by like being a person of this community. And that's not Bruce either. Bruce is not that person. He's isolated. He stays in his uh, mansion and he doesn't leave. So um, I think that's where Dick's head is. He's just like, doesn't want to do it, but kind of feels obligated to do it. And also was told, you're going to do this while I leave. <laughs> you're going to do it. <laughs> it's almost, you know what, Alex? It's almost like when they handed you that tablet at that wedding, you know? You said, why me? There'd be so many other people better for this job. And he said, I'm giving it to you to do this. Here, I, I think you can do it. Here's the instructions. And you're gonna, I, you're the one going to do it. And you're like, but why me? But you still did it. Because at a certain point, they picked you. So I knew it was coming. They asked me earlier, and I said, yep, you got it. There you go. Batman Pastralo. <laughs> you got it. I was thinking, because I had to ask this question at the wedding, and this, so Gates got them great. Um, (laughs) End of that conversation. I was thinking about this, and I asked Garrett if he had tattoos, and I don't have any tattoos, and you don't have any tattoos, Alex. So in my head, I was thinking, if we all got tattoos of our favorite comic book character, but like we all picked, you know, let's say all picked DC, that way we can have like members of the Justice League. Would you be Batman? Or would you be somebody else? I can't. I couldn't figure that out. I obviously know we Garrett's Superman. There's no question. Okay, who would you be, Marvin? You know, I thought about that too, and I thought I really love the Flash. I really love Green Lantern, and I thought I think the one I would pick would have to be Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, because not only was it like really that, and like all the you know Sinestro Core War and. Green Lantern core book and all that stuff and and that really ignited my love for getting uh, uh, monthly books, not like just comics in general, but like to really be in this kind of culture. But also I feel like his origin story about seeing his father die and being like he doesn't have any fear because the thing he feared the most happened when he was that age. So nothing else can be as bad as that day. Um. At the time, I don't know if I still do, but at the time, I remember that uh, actually gave me a lot of confidence because I remember thinking, being like, yeah, the worst thing that could happen one day is somebody that I love or myself die. And if it's not that, why am I afraid? And I I remember it was a big impact in my life um, with what I was doing around the time. And so I think for that reason, it has to be Al Jordan. I if if I was gonna get a DC tattoo, I probably would end up being it probably would be Batman. And it would in my brain it I'm I'm always Bruce if I ever thought I was Batman. I don't think I'm a Dick Grayson. I'm not that I mean I'm lighthearted, but not that lighthearted. 
Uh, I know I'm not, I wouldn't be a Tim. I'm not as smart as Tim, but I'm also not as angry as either Red Hood or Damien. So I, I would say Batman would be my choice and it'd be like whatever Bruce's logo. And I always would think it'd be the black with the yellow or mm-hmm. it'd be the volume four, um, just simple bat wings. Go. I mean, you guys know mine, Clark Kent, Superman, um, you know, I, uh, not to go too deep, but like, you know, when I, before I met you guys, like, you know, kind of trying to find your way through like adolescence and whatnot, I really like aspired to Superman because, you know, I hate when people say that comment that like Superman is so 2D, you know, he, um, nothing affects him, you know, he's got all the powers you do. I'm like, I, that's what I know someone doesn't understand the character is because like if you break down Superman he wants to be human he wants to be like us but he has this responsibility that he's not human and he chooses to save people with his abilities as opposed to he could have he could be a god among men he could treat us all like shit instead he decides to be better than most humans themselves try to be um so I think, uh, you know, it's always inspiring to me. So that's why, oh, yeah, Clark and Superman for sure. Can I say something also? And this might be a little armchair uh, psychiatrist. But I think you really identify with Clark Kent because I'm not going to say what your dad does, but your dad is a very important person when he was, he's retired now, but when he was doing his job. And mm-hmm. he is a a, a man that, did a lot of things and people uh, very much not only did you aspire uh, and he was your role model, but a lot of people do look up to him as a person in terms of society. And when you really think about it, Clark Kent is a man of two fathers that he's always trying to live up to, whether it be John or whether it be Jor-El. And Jor-El and John are people that he is always looking for for advice, whether they be alive or whether or not he visits Jorel in the um, Fortress, Solitude. Fortress Solitude. And I feel like as a kid growing up trying to find himself and trying to figure out who he is with very strong father figures and trying to figure out whether or not that's what he wants to be also or if he wants to carve his own path, I think a lot of that you identify with. And so that's why Superman is one of your favorite heroes. Absolutely. So, you know, the weird thing is that, like, when I used to think of who would we be if we were, if the three of us were the Justice League, Garrett always feels like to me as the Superman. The man is a good man just in general. He doesn't I'll tell you this. He's not. Out of so. the three of us, he is, the, he is the most hopeful. And he is the kind of guy that uh, would be out of the three of us to, to kind of lead this team. And I know a lot of, uh, like, a lot of people default it to me just because I'm the loudest, but I feel like uh, Garrett usually is the heart of this three. And uh, uh, you guys are making me blush over here now. <laughs> and I think that's what Superman that, is. No like, that for a fact. You, you got stoic heart. You're fine. Yeah, like, I, I think. I agree. And I think that uh, obviously Alex is Bruce Wayne because he likes to break legs. So. <laughs> hey, it takes three to tango in this. I've never so. broken anyone's leg, anybody. So don't worry. <laughs> Just all story. Listen, Gosh. there's nothing Alex more identified with than when he said uh, when he broke uh, that guy's legs, and he's like, "He'll young, he's young, he'll walk again." I still, I still hear that <laughs> that voice in my head. You know. 
But <laughs> or the, actually, the other ones I've had in my head lately has been uh, in Arkham Asylum when Bane breaks out and Bruce goes, no, Bane, this time I break you. Kicks him and then he gets hit by the car. I'm like, hell yeah, of course. But you know why? If I'm actually going to be serious about it, Alex, you have to be Bruce. Because Bruce has a sense of justice that is unwavering and it doesn't matter uh, that like Bruce is very much like you did this and you need to pay for this crime, whether it be go to jail or he'll break your legs. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but Bruce is very unwavering and trying to, you know, not only uh, uh, recoup the incidents in his path, uh, past that caused him to be the way he is. But in terms of like, he never wants anybody to go through that when he went through when he was a kid. And you tell us stories all the time um, about, especially even like little stuff about your place of work where you're like, this happened, justice has, justice has to come from this. So I feel like it, you got to be Bruce because you know Dick doesn't think that way. Tim doesn't think that way. Maybe Damien thinks that way, but you're not that mean and you wouldn't slice somebody with a samurai sword. So uh, Katana. Um, so I think, I mean, Bruce, I feel like his sense of justice and his uh, measuring stick of right and wrong, I feel like is very much uh, your mindset also. So, you know what we're going to do? Alex, I, I mean, uh, Garrett, uh, Alex, mm. I know, Alex, I was right the first time. Alex, uh, no Batman, Penguin on you. All right, there we go. Uh, oh, 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 shit. In this version, too, Trevor McCarthy, she could look, see the bats up his nose every time you look in the mirror. <laughs> Holy shots fired, man. And he's going to be right see, on, Marvin, on your peck. So. You say Hal Jordan, and what I see is Guy Gardner. You know, I know he's one of your favorite Green Lanterns, but that's what I think. Of, like, you're witty. And yeah, but, but he's too much of a hothead. I'm not a hothead like that, am I? Think you're full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're passionate though. You can definitely tell you're passionate. So, like, when you go after something, you go, you go swinging. You know. So, I think that kind of calls to you. I've always thought of you as the guy guard, not like I don't think you're like a dumb jock or anything, because obviously you're the brains of this organization. But, um, uh, no, I just always thought like you're the one that goes down swinging. So. That's for you giving all the kind words around here. I'm uh, Penguin. You are not Penguin. No. Yeah, to be fair, Marvin, if you're a villain, you're a way cooler villain than that. Yeah. I think you're, we're just counting Penguin. What was, the, what was the upgraded version of the Penguin in... Uh, Emperor uh, Penguin. Emperor Penguin. That guy was a fucking badass. If anything... Well, if anything, of, of the uh, Batman villains, uh, I would be uh, Calendar Man. That's that's actually, for sure. Actually, that's very fitting. Just because I don't remember anything, and so like time is means nothing to me, and uh, that's what his mo is. So, actually, no, time means I, everything to him. What the fuck am I talking about? I'm like the opposite of Calendar Man. You know what? I'm Killer Croc. Don't look at me. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm Mr. Freeze because I, I love the winter, and I'd be like, I'd love to say all the cool puns, like let's kick some ice. You know, I killed the dinosaurs. The Ice Age. Yeah. Uh, Get to the Ice Cube. So, and, uh, we cut up with Saga this week by Brian Givon and Fiona Staples. I think, I'm not sure how many issues you guys had to read to catch up, but I had two issues to read. I had to read 59 and 60. 
Yeah. Just 60 for me. And so in 60 in, in the letters, he does mention that they're going to take a little mini break. Uh, and the next issue comes out in January um, to kind of almost like a vacation, which is fine. Like, it, you know, they talk about they have 48 more issues left to go, he said. And he said that when they come back in January, they'll have six uh, are ready to go and they will come out monthly after that. And then they'll take another break. So it sounds like almost they're going to do six a year um, and six times. Eight years left eight. for books. Like, damn. I mean, it is kind of risky because then you risk, you know, maybe you won't get to tell the full story because of n- a number of reasons, a number of factors. But in terms of like telling the story, I feel like that kind of relaxed schedule does allow for this book to almost live out in real time. Cause there's just time jumps. But if, you know, we get the time jumps, like if you notice in this book, in issue 60, anyways, from issue 59 to 60, there's a month there. Uh, they mentioned in issue 60, they said a month ago, uh, we got these new companions uh, from the band, and, and that was in 59. So, like, a month passes between those two issues. And obviously, the end goal is, and I got the impression, I'm not sure if you guys got the same impression, but in 60, I got the impression that by the end of the story, we're going to be with an adult Hazel, and it's going to be her book. Yeah, I agree there with with how she was saying it, and I feel like it's going to be her. Like, obviously, something's going to happen to. Uh, well, I don't know about that, but I know I think Squire will be around for sure. Um, she, she made mention that there was going to be a. Uh, they would do that that arcade again, but that's way down the line, and we'll talk about it then. Right. So I want to I want to know if that's bad blood between them near the end, finding out you know what happened to his father, or what have you. Um, yeah, no, I I'm that makes me sad though that they're taking a break already. But hey, they but they came out of the gates like solid, like they've every month. You know, not a lot of books can say they do that anymore, besides the DC and Marvel stuff. So you know, I. That's high quality work, you know. I'll take it. You know, January's not that far away. It's better than you know, probably be the longest break for me. But for you guys, you're probably like, this will be nothing. You had to wait two ish years. This will be six you know months. What? And that's kind of my mindset because I was just like, you know what? We waited that long for it. I can wait till January because obviously, this is a book. Especially like, I don't want to have fall behind that far back on and, and have to like rush to catch up. And so when I saw that, I was like, you know what? These next four months, usually these are the busiest four months in terms of even with like a family. You got Halloween coming up. You got Thanksgiving. You got Christmas. These are the four months where you take any four months off that you take off. That's like, true. And yeah. when you come back in January, guess what? I ain't got shit to do after that. All right. Bring it back. I'll keep up yeah, with that. Saga New Year. It'll be a Saga New Year. And I feel like when he talks about 60, he talks about like the end of 60, I, I especially want to touch on here of 60 is a lot about how Hazel is dealing with her feelings, whether it be for her brother that said that he loved her in a non-platonic way and she doesn't feel that way. And then she mentions to him, I really don't feel anything. And she's kind of right now coasting through life almost in a, in a, a way that she's been affected by this trauma of like everything going wrong in her life. Like she's always been on the run since she's been born. She doesn't know a safe life. And so 
when we get to that scene where they see the ship is on fire and destroyed, basically, and that's when it finally hits her that her father is gone because she still he still was kind of there because the memories were there in that ship. And she kind of almost says flashback to everything about that ship that reminded her about her father. And that's when she's like, Dad, uh, Daddy. And she's like, he's dead. That's when it finally all hits her. And I think that moment is something that has been a long time coming. We can obviously see Hazel was not obviously not a person that, you know, ever felt like she was affected by her father dying, but not because she didn't want to, because she couldn't process it. And she needed this kind of moment to finally release her feelings about it. And while tragic that, you know, they became homeless because of this, and they have no way now getting around the universe. Uh, it's almost like a milestone for her maturity to move on and become stronger from this. And so, like, I think that is a nice place to make a break. And I think when we get back to it, it does leave a lot of question marks. But those question marks, I feel like, are good questions to examine. And so, I'm really excited to see what happens beyond this issue sixty. Yeah, that that scene was heartbreaking. Um, you know, I I guess with how quick these issues go, you know, just because they're so good, it it's been for me. I guess I was a little dumbfounded that like I figured in that first time jump that that might have been when Hazel, you know, was processing um, her emotions, and clearly she wasn't. So for that to kind of like hit at the end there, I was like, damn! It made me like choke up. I was just like, fuck, that's a lot of trauma. Um, and it's it's unfair. I mean, obviously this is fantasy, but uh, it's unfair for a young girl like that to have to go through, you know, losing a father, lost her babysitter, doesn't have any grandparents anymore, never known what a home is except for this tree house uh, or this tree ship, and now that's gone too. I almost I'm forgot like, that her oof. grandmother was in in jail too. Like, there's a lot of things that she's been through, and in issue fifty nine. When they destroy Marco's skull, I felt that like it feels very wrong for that to happen, and and that almost like me especially felt like that was there was still hope for me that something would come out of that skull and he would come back from it. So when it got destroyed, I was like, for me, that was like almost like her seeing the ship uh, get blown up. I was like, oh shit, like he's gone, like it's not he's not coming back. And I think mm. I I need that moment as a reader to be like, this is not a happy fantasy. This is the story of Hazel and the ups and downs of her life, but they're going to be realistic about it. They're not going to just bring back something, like do that to Hazel and then just bring him back to to heal it over. Like she has to heal on this, uh, on, on this trauma on her own uh, and with, and learn to, not not only cope with it, but, you know, rise above it. And so I think that's what the next set of issues will be like. I hope so. I mean, obviously, we should allow her some time to process it and figure it out. But it's very exciting in a weird way to be at this point in the story. Because when you think back to, like, the way it it was from the beginning, like, it's come so far and it's only really halfway done. Which is insane. That's a lot of story left to, to divulge into. Hmm. Pastrello, if a fish got shot 
like that, um, wouldn't it just explode on contact, or would it really have a gaping hole like that? I don't know. I know it had a it had a bulging kind of stomach underneath. I guess it could have happened. I would. I I don't know. I doubt it. One, I would think that aquarium tank would have been a little thicker, especially since the bullets had to pass through the guy first. So, I mean, a little questioning. I uh, I don't think he would have touched that fish. By the way, hmm. I did get a little teary eyed uh, reading the last little bit of sixty. And uh, I don't think I was quite ready for that. And you're right. I the the Marco skull being destroyed to go find the closest relative or the closest of kin. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. I I was not expecting that. You like you had said, there was still hope that they could bring him back. And I'm glad that they are not. I'm glad that there were stakes at hand. Um, but it also kind of breaks your heart going. We had 54 issues with Marco. And to know that as of as of right now, there is no revival of that character. You know what actually it, it brings to mind is that all the time in, in fiction, if there is a chance for the main hero to come back like that, you're always hoping it happens, right? Like there were all those kind of rumors. Do you guys hear me? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Dang it. There were all those kind of rumors that... Um, Han Solo was going to come back. And, oh, spoilers. Even though Corey spoiled that last week, I think it was. Um, <laughs> uh, and really, like, you're hoping for that. But it's almost because, like, you like that character. You don't see him as a real person. So, and you're kind of like, ah, don't bring him back. That's kind of cheap. You're cheaping in his death, I feel like, if you bring him back. But Marco, because we were with him for so long and because he actually felt like a real person, I almost felt the same way that I would feel like if I was Hazel being like, if there's a chance to bring him back, like bring him back. But then really at the end, like, and that's what makes that moment more impactful when there's no more hope that he's coming back. It's because it's like, really that person that I love is just gone. Gone forever. Yeah. It's deep. It's deep, you know, but Hey, this is a, uh, I would say that uh, the hope is flickering, but you know, Got to say, there's magic in this universe. So. Magic, baby. I, don't, I think the thing is that once we saw, um, what was the babysitter's name? Uh, Abby, uh, Abby, Abigail. Yeah, yeah. When they killed the ghost off, I think you should have known that shit was going to hit the fan at some point in time. To know that someone who died already in the real life then could come back. I mean, they destroyed something that was holding him to this world. So, I mean, he's gone. Maybe we'll get an astral projection of him at some point in time. I'm excited to see when Hazel becomes adult Hazel and to see what her life is. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for these next 48 issues. So if it's eight wow. years worth of saga, that's eight years worth of breeding. Let's just say we've barely had her as a, as a nine-year-old or an eight-year-old. She was just a baby a couple of years ago, you know. Well, the only thing, well, for you, she was just a baby last year. <laughs> more than I, for Marvel, not, she's been a baby since uh, 2012. Not even last year. I think so, we'll come back to a teenage Hazel that is really trying to process what just happened in the end of this. And almost like we'll see the defining years of her trying to cope and find out who she is. And then we'll get adult Hazel. It's almost the last fourth of the story, so. I am also interested to find out what happened to Bombazine. 
I'm like, sure we'll find out. Hey, in this in this fucking economy, boy took a new job. All right, all suck out for number one. But what uh, what did Antlerhead have over him that you know has balls in the grasp going? Because he said he was going to tell he was going to tell them that he the way that he used to be that was a killer. Yeah, you don't know me enough to judge me. (laughs) Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something else before you brought up Bumblebee. (laughs) Bumblebee. (laughs) What's his name? Bartleby. I was gonna oh that's what I was gonna say when I was like that the last fourth I think we'll see adult hazel I have no fucking clue this book takes so many turns and takes so many unexpected changes in the story uh, that's the most exciting thing about this book is that it, you get comfortable and then something happens to shake you from that comfortability but it always feels like it earns it it never feels like it's a cheap kind of twist or change it always feels like, of course, why would I think this can't happen? And especially like when they're chasing after Hazel, why was I so comfortable being like, of course, they're going to go to plan to plant and sell their goods and, and make them make money and be happy. I was like, no, of course, this is the way this book's going to go. Like they are on the run. They are enemy number one, according to um, these people. And bad stuff is going to happen to them. Until somebody stops this war. And it really is, uh, overall, when you think about it, like when you really get into a broad uh, take on this story, it's like this is a time of war and bad stuff happens. Like, it's not going to be a happy ending. And if you thought it was going to be, you haven't been paying attention. Damn. Wednesday Comics 605 at gmail.com. is the website. Subscribe to the show, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. However, you listen to podcasts, we're probably there. Uh, I'm going to make up one on the Blue Olive. You probably can find us. Uh, I don't know what the Blue Olive is. I, that'd be a cool uh, podcast, Blue Olive. You know why, Garrett? Why? Because you love them. That's why. Ugh, gross. You don't even know what a Blue Olive is. What if it was delicious? It's a dank. Green and black olive. <laughs> um, at Wednesday Comics on Twitter, at Karat2188, that's Garrett, at the AP Keaton, and at Marvin underscore Saguero. Uh, make sure to visit our sponsors, rootsofthesswampthing.com and rainbowcomicsandcards.com, 605-215-1849, if you want to give us a ring-a-ding-ding. Uh, also, remember, supercon.com, that is S-I-O-U-X-P-E-R-C-O-N.com for tickets to Supercon 2022, uh, Retromania, September 30th through October 2nd. Uh, Phil Hester will be there courtesy of Wednesday Comics, Phil Hester of the uh, uh, Gotham City Year One book that's coming out uh, with Tom King. And so uh, you will see him there, and you will uh, see us there around too. But make sure to go there, get your tickets. They're available now, pre-sale until the end of the month uh, on sale. Uh, when I say on sale, they're on sale, but also on the, the cheap. You understand? On sale, on sale. All right. Saving money. All right. Early savings. Um, so go there, get your tickets now uh, for Supercon. Um, it'll be nice. 
September 30th or October 2nd in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The weather is going to be fine. Like, it's always nice during those nights. I don't think it... If Worst case scenario, it rains. It's not going to snow that early. It's not going to be cold that early, so we'll see. Right? Sweatshirt weather, everybody. I feel like the last year it was weather. good. It was. Mm-hmm. I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't moved on from last year yet. I'm like, hey, I got two months left. And I get to hang out with the bros all day long. Play Christmas. So, for three days straight. And stay tuned for more information about how you can possibly uh, attend the Wednesday Comics panel uh, as we learn more. <laughs> and get more. Mm. I went to the website. There's no way to submit it for one. So I got to talk to our, our pal, John Runyon, and see if he's still in charge of panels and uh, see if I can get myself in there. Uh, myself. So I got ourself. asked about this past weekend from other people what we were doing. I said, I don't know yet. And mm-hmm. if John is not in charge of panels anymore and it's closed, I guess uh, we'll, we'll throw up a booth in the back and... Uh, You'll we'll do a show uh, improv to. Uh, you can catch yourself over by, you know, when you go past the video games. Uh, there's that uh, those bathrooms. We'll be right there doing the show. We'll do <laughs> it. everybody as they walk by. We'll do it anywhere. We can. For Wednesday comics. My name is Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey everyone, stay comfy and keep turning those pages. <laughs> But I always thought that I'd see you again Won't you look down upon me, Jesus? You gotta help me